I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University. And I'm Jenna Spinelli from Penn State. You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. So uh, we are very excited to have Bill Zimmerman back with us on the show. Um, Bill, I think the last time you were on was uh, back when Jackie and Logan were still hosting the show, but uh, you and I have known each other at Penn State for a long time. So uh, thanks for coming back to Higher Ed Social. Yeah, thank you. This is the the first time I'm making a return visit to a podcast. This is great. First time (laughs) I've been asked back. back. Well, it was a great episode, and we'll of course link it in the show notes. But um, it, it was it was great talking to you, and it's always great. I think we I think we met at EDU Web. Yeah, I think uh, EDU Web San Diego. I want to say. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. The the last. Um, oh no, I, I was at the Philadelphia one as well. But yeah, that was that was my favorite favorite location by far. It was pretty oh, awesome. Just, we went to just... Coronado Beach. It was great. Yeah. It sounds so exotic right now. Like I know. <laughs> just the I know. idea wow. of going to California <laughs> for a conference. I know. I hope those days come back that uh, the you know, departments will be willing to, to send us to in-person conferences again. Virtual is just not cutting it. It was a pretty epic conference, though, because Comic-Con was happening like literally at the same time. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I think I arrived yeah. in town the, during the last day of Comic-Con. I was kind of kicking myself for not figuring out... Uh, not knowing about it and figuring out some way to maybe just go see a bit of it. Although I think it was, it was long sold out. Yeah, well, just I, was, I was walking down the street around the place, like, you know? Yeah. I was walking down the street and there's like stormtroopers, and I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm in San Diego. I wonder, I, I guess comic con's happening. Um, and the other thing too, it was like the only live show this, this podcast has ever done. Uh, has oh, ever I forgot about that. Yes, I was at yeah. that session. I thought that was a great idea. And then I, I think shortly after I reached out and uh, offered myself as a guest. Here you are. And uh, and you took Again. me up on it. So thank you. Yeah. So um, for listeners who haven't heard the previous episode, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, my name is Bill Zimmerman. I'm a lecturer at Penn State in the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. I teach in the Department of Advertising and Public Relations. And before becoming a a full-time faculty member, I worked in Penn State's Office of Strategic Communications, the the main PR office for the university. And before that, I spent about a decade working as a newspaper reporter at a small-town paper in in Western Pennsylvania. So, uh, So a life spent communicating. And uh, I also have a podcast of my own called Happy Valley Hustle. Been doing that since 2018, telling stories of entrepreneurship here in in central Pennsylvania, and then just uh, and kind of uh, yeah, live a life of a, playing around with different side hustles, including selling vintage clothes. I've been doing that for, for a few years now and having a blast with that. So yeah, always kind of doing something. And this summer, hoping to spend a little bit more quiet time and try to figure out maybe if I can start focusing better on things and maybe putting more interest, (laughs) more effort into maybe just fewer things instead of spreading myself and doing a bunch of things, maybe, uh, you know, not as well as I could if I really focused, but that's a whole other story. We don't think we, I don't think you have time to 
put me on the, the psychiatrist couch but I, I don't know I mean I think that that is actually something I, I know I kind of struggle with some of those same things and again not to turn this into a therapy session but I think when people are in creative fields and you're passionate about things yeah it's hard to say no sometimes uh, and I think we're also conditioned Bill you can probably sing a few bars of this one too that like you, you know, I was always told never say no to an opportunity because you never know where that door is going to lead. And so I think right. that that, you know, leads to all these things piling on and yeah, just getting pulled in in a million different directions. The interesting thing, though, is that, you know, I've been told that too. But I was also told by my marine biology professor, right? He said, Logan, you you enjoy doing all of these things, you know, and one of these days, you know, if you try to go through every single door, um, one day you're going to look up and all the doors are going to be closed. And I was like, well, that's cheerful. And he was like, okay, now, now um, help me with this video project. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, you know, kind of funny in and of itself because he was As making use of that. those skills. Yes. Um, he was using those multifaceted skills that I had um, as a biology major. But um, yeah, it, it, I have... You know, we're all, all three of us are like super overachievers, right? And, and you know, look at us. We got podcasts. Um, Jenna has two freaking podcasts. Yeah. Um, I, I've got one. Um, you've got one. But you, you sell vintage clothes, you know? <laughs> and, well, I'm the sl- I feel like I'm the slacker here because, you know, I think the only other thing that I do other than the podcast is run. And I, and I think, I know Jenna runs sometimes. Oh, yeah, I'm a um, runner. And you're a runner yeah. too. Wow, we all got like, that in common. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, it works. It fits to our uh, or with our uh, the the vast reserves of energy that we always have. That we have to expand. Yeah, huh? it, I'm just it, lazy. I don't know. It helps with your breathing or when you when yeah. you're doing a podcast or. Um, well, I think it actually forces us. It, we're probably not good at taking breaks from things, or and and a run forces you to kind of leave. <laughs> stop what you're yes. doing spend set aside an hour or at least you know to um to go and go away and and not be not be connected although you probably have a you know, apple watch or mm-hmm. something you know along but but yeah i think i think running does can force people who maybe have a hard time slowing down to to actually stop what they're doing and, and do something else yeah i'm yeah. not gonna lie i have a cellular apple watch and i definitely still get notifications oh, yeah. as i'm running but um, but <laughs> But I can stream the music, which is equally as important to me exactly. <laughs> um, as that. And uh, I get phone calls. And if I get eaten by a coyote or something, or at least attacked by a coyote or a deer or something, you know, I, I can call 911 on my watch. Or at least I can just say, hey, Siri. Or if I fall off a cliff, it has the fall detection. So that's even better, right? You know? Um, <laughs> it just... <laughs> Yeah, runners well, got to think about these sorts of things. I, I, I just took a nasty spill, not on a cliff, but um, <laughs> just essentially tripping over my own feet. Uh, no, actually, there was a rock there. But but uh, yeah, the, I mean, these accidents happen running. So yeah, the the, the Apple Watch or just I, I I love the iPod Shuffle. I still have so I have a I have an Apple Watch, but I also have the Shuffle, which I still use to this day because I think it's one of the best workout companions because it's so compact. You can put a lot on that. 
and and you don't have to have your phone with you if you don't you know uh but yet still have a, a library of podcasts or music at, at hand so when my ipod shuffle dies i'm going to be hitting ebay <laughs> trying to find uh you know uh pre-owned uh and, and they're probably going up because i think some other people have have very fond feelings of theirs too did you have is is yours the touchscreen one? No, it's not even that. It's 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 even older. Um, it's not the one that was the size of a stick of gum, but it is mm-hmm. it's a little bit bigger than a postage stamp, but does not have a digital display. Yeah, the only iPod, the only iPod I've ever owned is was was one of those one of those the little the little iPod that that had the screen on it. Yeah, and I was one of those stupid nerdy people that like put it in a watch band and used it as a watch oh, nice! Um, I because i was that. like i have an apple watch uh-huh. <laughs> apple's not making a watch but i can use my ipod <laughs> shuffle as one um and now i have an apple watch so there you go um it does way more like it tells me what the weather is like see i don't think i don't think i can live without my apple watch anymore which is really sad back to running like that's been my like my thing lately is Getting up at first light, which is actually kind of horrible this time of year because yeah, it's, it's like really 5.15. Yeah. yeah. But it means that I can still go run, you know, in the morning and then come home, get ready for work and still have time to stop by Starbucks. And I get to watch the sunrise, which is really freaking amazing every day. Um, that is something that I never thought like this morning, you know, I get to the park. The sun isn't up yet, but it's like, you know, it's light enough to run. There's like this mist over the fields um, at the at the park, right, that I run at. And the sky is just turning a little bit orange. And the, there's these clouds right above the uh, right above the horizon that are reflecting the sunlight down. So they're they're like hot pink. Like it's it was one of the most beautiful things that I have seen in a long time. And I just thought, you know what? It's kind of worth it. It, it kind of is. It does um, wonders for your mood starting out that, that early. And, and I think what's so cool too is, is makes it extra special is you're probably one of the few people up at that point experience, experiencing that moment. And, you know, Amid the hustle and bustle, it's can be really hard to find quiet moments like that. So I, that's awesome. I'm not that disciplined, but but I know when I do get up early and go for a run, it does seem to set the course of my day in, into a better direction. Mm-hmm. So you know, Bill, you were saying you're going to kind of take some time to take a step back over the summer. How did um, how did the this year go for you, teaching remotely and hybrid, and you know, navigating everything that that came with that? Sure. Uh, it was hard. Yeah. Big surprise. Right. <laughs> it was, you know, I, I think this, this last semester, the, the spring, I think everyone, faculty and students included was really at kind of peak zoom fatigue and some of the things that maybe seem cute and novel early on <laughs> were just like, you know, people were kind of groaning and, you know, and, and I know I've, I'm really kind of over any attempts of trying to of any sort of, I don't know, uh, virtual merriment with anyone or, you know, uh, interactions, you know, that go beyond a typical Zoom meeting. You know, I, I just, it, it's been been really 
tricky. And, you know, I, I try to look for, look at the silver linings. I was doing a mix, uh, mixed mode, but what Penn State was calling mixed mode. So cr- creating options for the students to either be in person or to be virtual. And uh, I found that the majority of the students preferred to be on Zoom. Uh, so I would show up at the, at the auditorium and would sometimes have zero students, would sometimes have as many as 10 there in person. One great thing at Penn State now, you know, through updates to the classrooms, they all have webcams now, which opens up good opportunities to have uh, guests, you know, virtual guest speakers in the future. So, so I'm excited about that. It got me thinking more about interact, including more interactivity in my classes, you know, because you just didn't want to get up there and, and lecture during the entire, you know, 75 minutes on Zoom. So, you know, those are those are some of the good things I'm looking at, but it was really tough. And, you know, I tried to empathize with the students because I saw how I was experiencing how bad my own focus was sitting in a, at Zoom meetings, you know, just bouncing around from tab yeah. to tab. And occasionally somebody throws out a question and they catch you off guard and, you're, and you start <laughs> to panic, you know, and I was like, this is terrible. I'm terrible. And now I see what my students are kind of going going through. And, you know, it's so I, I tried to keep that in mind, but it would also, it was, it was frustrating, you know, when you had a guest speaker and, you know, a quarter of the students turn on their camera, even though you plead with them to, to do it. And, you know, those, it, it was, the interaction was, was really tough. You know, I, I think it was just, it was really tricky and challenging for everyone to get that kind of, uh, enthusiasm that, that comes with learning, you know, so I, I'm ready to, to get back in the classroom in the fall. I, I hope that, you know, you know, all goes well, of course. And, and I also hope that, you know, the faculty will be supported and there won't be these expectations on the students that, oh, I can't make it that day. Can you make sure it's on, it's on zoom too? You know, um, I, I hope there's no expectations that the faculty offer those sorts of options. And I don't think there will be, but I think that's going to be going to be a challenge. Well, today was our first event. We had our first event today, actually, where hundreds of people from around campus were able to get together outside and see each other for the first time in like a year. And um, it was, you know, our president's uh, retiring next week. So um, it it was kind of his, uh, you know, his going away party kind of thing. And it felt really good to finally see people in person and not on a screen. Um, and, and I'm a big person about social distancing and wearing my mask and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for the first time, it was just great to see people without masks because we're, we're all vaccinated for the most part now. And, you know, to, to, to see each other in person, like I never knew that that would be something that would be so meaningful to me. And I think that for students next year, um, for, for those schools that are going to be back in person, um, it's going to be a mental health relief for everyone, um, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my, my hope is that, you know, and Penn State has this challenge of, you know, of the I mean, creating engaged learners among the students, you know, that you have this place with so many opportunities. And, and I say, you know, every student could find a club or an org that that speaks to them here at Penn State. There's that it's that vast. Uh, and I and I hope that maybe, you know, all of us when we come back in the fall and maybe appreciate the more of the opportunities that are out there. And, you know, and I think, I think it's going to happen. I think the students may be more willing to, to be 
engaged, to to embrace opportunities to socialize and learn beyond the classroom because they realized just just how rough it was not having any of that. Although it it was interesting to to hear you say that the when you were in the the mixed mode that students for the most part it sounds like chose not to come in person. Do you have any sense of of why that was or you know why even though everybody had so much Zoom fatigue they still seemed to want to have their classes on Zoom anyway? Yeah, you know, I, I I got that, you know, early on, the students who were there in the classroom were really happy, you know, to do it and be in person. And I think reality just kind of hits and you start to get in your day to day and you realize, well, you know, it's a lot easier to just stay home, zoom from my bed, not turn on the camera, uh, eat lunch while while I'm on Zoom, you know, I, I, I really think that, you know, the students at first embrace that opportunity, embrace that change. And then they realize that, uh, it's just easier for me if I just stay home and, you know, and, and I think the challenge too was for on, on me was it was maybe tougher to make showing up be more beneficial because the, I don't know, the, the logistics of trying to manage group, group interaction in classroom and group on zoom and then having them present both all present, you know, that part got really tricky. So maybe I'm, I'm probably partially to blame there in that, the you know the in-person experience maybe wasn't as dynamic as it would have been if everybody was there in person. Yeah, it's like the worst catch twenty-two. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's good to talk about this right now, you know, because <laughs> you know, it, and, and and I've been talking to colleagues. You know, there's there's a lot of venting going on, and mm-hmm. I think it's, but also at the same time, there's there's an understanding too of just uh, that it, this, this has been a challenge for everyone. And I think a lot of faculty members, I think we've kind of realized some of maybe our own limitations with, with uh, virtual things and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, 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 I, I, and another silver lining that I, I keep going back to is, is zoom itself and how great it was that that was, <laughs> that, that was available and that they continued to, to iterate and, and add really cool features. And, you know, there's, it's, it's not perfect, you know, and, and although, you know, I think some of us wish we'd never be on another zoom call again, we were really fortunate that that was actually there uh, as an option that we were able to keep working, able to keep delivering things, you know, uh, keep delivering content. So I tried to, to make note that, you know, for the most part, Zoom worked really well, and it was really cool that they kept introducing new features to make things just a little better. I, I tried to, I presented it as just make making virtual education suck less, uh, <laughs> and, and I may get some some criticism for that. But I mean, uh, so online education can can be good, but there's just there's no substitute for the in person experience and uh, the this this total virtual delivery. You know, I think Zoom made it just a, a little better, a little less of a drag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I've I've heard from from colleagues as well who said you know it feels like the semester that started in March of 2020 just ended <laughs> last week or you know whenever everybody's spring commencement happened and you know I I wonder Bill if you're also in some ways counting your lucky stars that you're not in strategic communications anymore. Oh They've my been God! Yes, facing so, so an entirely much. different set of, <laughs> of circumstances. I could not have imagined how stressful that that job is still is. Uh, how many meetings they they must be be attending, and you are totally right. And I I think all of this will hopefully bring a lot of uh, maybe new new newfound respect for the people working in communications positions, especially those working in social media. That maybe uh, you know businesses, schools, nonprofits will 
have a better understanding of just how stressful that job can be. The, this, the, the unique skill set that it takes, you know, cause those, those people went, were put through the ringer through all this and, um, you know, uh, masking policies, uh, you know, racial justice issues, you know, this, I, I couldn't imagine what it had been like to, to manage social media for a university through all this. You don't have to, um, just don't, it, yeah. it's probably not worth it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I try that. not to think too hard, but I did, I did in the early days of, of, of all this, I did try to think of some of the people I knew working in social media and just drop them a line and, and just let them know somebody was thinking about them. Yeah. And we've, uh, yeah, I think we've been trying to have some of those, those conversations on, on this show, just about how, how the pandemic has affected everybody kind of in, in different ways. And we had uh, a discussion with uh, a guy named uh, Doug McKenna, who's a, a registrar. And he talked about, I mean, I didn't even really know much about what, what the registrar did and listeners will have hopefully heard that episode by the time this one comes out, but just like having to navigate, like changing around how many people can fit in a classroom. Like, you know, we all know universities are complex bureaucratic places. Yeah. So things that sound simple are oftentimes not. And yeah, things that they had done on paper before they had to pivot and turn on a dime and, uh, you know, do them, uh, do them online and, and all of that. But yeah, I think we're all seems like everybody just kind of taking the summer to sort of regroup a little bit. And then I, I heard uh, someone say they're trying to something like bounce up, not bounce back or bounce forward, not bounce back, something like that. Um, and that's, that's an interesting way to, to think yeah, about it, like, like not going back to what we had before, but maybe making something even, even better. That's right. It, and I like what you said about the classroom there too. As, an, as I continue to try to look for silver linings here, at Penn State, it, it was so nice. You know, we went into these classrooms. The rows, certain rows of desks or certain seats were taped off. You know, there was hand sanitizer. There was you know uh, uh, wipes, disinfecting wipes. And the students came in the classroom and didn't really have to put much thought into social distancing. You sit. You can't sit in that seat. It's taped off. There's, there's no way to sit in it. And and that sort of thing was was easy. So there. There was a lot of things like that that uh, supported the faculty who who tried to teach on campus some, and, and I, I always felt safe. You know, there there was you know I I will probably um, uh, fingers crossed have enough masks for the rest of my life <laughs> thanks to you know what, what the university supplied us with. You know, so there there were a lot of good things like that. You know, and so although this had its challenges, you know, uh, I I felt fortunate for a lot of things as well. Yeah. What about uh, on the kind of entrepreneur side? Any any good stories you've heard from Happy Valley Hustle of people that have had really great pivots or, or ways that they were able to kind of reimagine their businesses during this time? Hmm. Yeah, it, it's been really fun to to talk to people. You know, because I think you know I, I was seeing just. The beginning of this really got I think a lot of people thinking what what's something I could do to pass the time or is this thing that I'm pouring a bunch of time into really what I, what I want to be doing, you know, and I think just at a larger scale, it'll be interesting, you know, how maybe this thing may have been a blessing for some people who had businesses or maybe just kind of limping along and this maybe ended them a little earlier. And now this person it's saving this person some grief and now they can, you know, they can think back that, you know, can, can kind of reassess and figure out what they want to do and maybe not take on that, that burden of, of being self-employed. 
But, you know, I, th- I think the thing that was interesting for me, and, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of some some specific examples, but uh, in general, you know, the people who took a stab at trying to create content, you know, during this time uh, to launch a podcast, to to try to try their hand at a YouTube series, to start blogging. I, I think that that sort of thing's tremendously fun and exciting. And these people may never make a cent from what they're doing, but they're getting some creative fulfillment. They're getting to talk to people. It's good personal branding. So I, I think that's been, you know, been some of the, the cool stuff that I've seen, you know, emerge through all this. You know, and I and I in early in the the pandemic, I did reach out to some business owners just to get them to kind of tell their uh, people I knew of who were just doing some cool stuff, thinking of new ways, you know, to to create just a little bit of revenue. You know, a, a small pizza shop that created um, at home kits for kids. You know, so if you went there, you could get your your cheese, your dough, your sauce, uh, and you had it all in the box here, and you had this nice little kit to keep the kids busy and to make their own pizza. I thought that was cool. You know, uh, a barber shop that you know uh, couldn't cut hair, but also sells you know the various uh, hair you know pomades and and mustache wax and all that that sort of stuff and t shirts and things that then started you know an online store you know for these things. So just seeing little things like that, I thought were really exciting. And, uh, but all, but also with the podcast, I kind of got tired of asking people how, <laughs> how COVID impacted yeah. business and tried to just think of, of other directions uh, yeah. to take it in. But yeah, it was certainly impressive to see how, uh, it pushed a lot of people to get more digitally savvy. And I think, you know, for, for a lot of restaurants and, and, you know, big chains as well, they've probably got a lot more people using, you know, being willing to, to download their app and, and use it. And I'm sure that's uh, for these, you know, uh, smaller restaurants that, that embraced online ordering. Uh, it's probably going to be a, a godsend for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you uh, talking about uh, creating content. I, I thought about our, our friend Jackie Vitrano, who we, uh, we were talking about before we started recording. I think she's a prime example of somebody who you took the you know all the weirdness of the pandemic to really start a passion project her podcast Jackie watches stuff and she's on Twitch now and yeah as Logan said building her own media empire so yeah I think there's lots of of great stories like that out there and you should go follow her and Mm -hmm. watch and listen yeah because now you can watch and listen um she plays uh uh lots of interesting games like Stardew Valley which I I have found is much more enjoyable to watch someone else play than to actually play it yourself. Um, so yeah, it's great. And if you're a movie buff, um, watching Jackie's uh, reaction to all of the movies she should have watched but has not watched um, is quite interesting, um, especially the Titanic episode and I think the Top Gun episode. Um, those are ones I enjoyed. Um, and I, and I love hearing people, you know, launching new new endeavors like that that find a fresh take on something that's that's already been done. You know, there's probably no shortage of movie podcasts out there, but you you very quickly just explained, you know, what make the hook for her show that makes it a little different. And I think that's that's been really cool to see people continue to keep coming up with a, a new take on on something that's that's been done before. Yeah, and and that of course is the problem too for us, for people like us, as we mentioned before. We just all we want to do all the passion projects. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we want to try we... new tech that comes out, and you know, it's it's a gift and a curse. Yeah, you know, it, it's great to be curious and enthusiastic, but you do sometimes wonder what this kind of as you try to be a, a Jack and Jill of all trades, 
what what may you what, what you may be missing out on by maybe not mastering something for sure I think that's a good note to end on. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I mean it, uh, that gives me. You know, I started off kind of reflecting in that in that vein, and uh, yeah, we can uh, we can keep it uh, keep it into that, and I can go and go and ponder this some more, and maybe if I find the answer to uh, to finding balance, we can we can share that on a future episode. Yeah, yeah. go go take a nice long run and have have <laughs> have some <laughs> have a good think about that one. Someday. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for being on the show this week. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, keep uh, keep enjoying your your content creation journey as well. Listeners, head down to higher and get links to the stuff we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it helps people find us and it lets us know what you think of the show. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ATS Podcast. Send us a tweet. Uh, we like talking to people. Um, and don't forget to let us know if you want to be on the show. Higher Ed Social was created by Jackie Vitrano and me, Logan Bishop, and is produced by Emma Hawes. Uh, we're part of the Connect EDU network, the first podcast network for higher ed. Visit the website connectedu.network and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Thanks, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. <laughs>